Welcome to FootGuns, home to the only hype-free, investment-based crypto podcast. Satoshi Nakamoto said it was going to happen. You know, I want half a million dollars of exposure to it. Ethereum. And, you know, everybody that's trading this was doing what I was doing today. A 51% attack where the chain split into three different chains. All of a sudden, I have Ethereum in my MetaMask account. And so anything from a regulatory standpoint that stifles DeFi is bad to me. Welcome everyone to the pre-Labor Day or weekend edition of the Premium Podcast. Thank you for being a paid subscriber of FootGuns. This is Bimmer, the Global Macro Discretionary Trader, joined by House69K to talk about the latest in crypto news. How I guess I wanted to have you on here to talk about, you know, we've really seen now Ethereum take a a jump up that Bitcoin didn't necessarily uh, join it in and the relative outperformance in Ethereum. And I'd like to talk, I've got my theories. What's your take? Um, yeah, well, first of all, just looking at some charts here, since June 28th, uh, Ethereum is up 42% in Bitcoin terms. So yeah, that's a sizable, that's a sizable gain. Uh, and then, you know, that's coming off of some gains starting in April, uh, you know, add another 50% on the bottom of that. So, you know, just technically why, like, you know, when the, when the pullback happened in May, Ethereum like really under underperformed Bitcoin um, and then had, you know, had a, a chance to come back up and then just blew it and then like went into this lull until June. But, you know, since June, again, it's taken the lead. And now we're at this moment where, um, you know, the, the ratio was at 0. 0.08 in, in May and uh, it right now is at 0. 0.079 or 0.078. So, um that, you know, the ratio of Ethereum to Bitcoin is about to break out into, uh, you know, price discovery or whatever. So um, uh, that that I think is interesting from a technical perspective. Um, fundamentally, as a user of the system, um, a couple of things happen. Uh, one of the things was this London hard fork where now when you transfer Ethereum, part of it is being burnt rather than just being sent as profit to miners. Um, and so, so far, I think it's at, uh, I put this in the news article this morning, I should know, I, I think it's at like three quarters of a billion dollars worth of Ethereum has been uh, destroyed since the London fork. Uh, the other big thing that happened was Arbitrum was released just a few days ago. And I mean, you know, I, I think this really could have been a catalyst for the rise because uh, people were a little skeptical of it. I went on and used it, and it, it is insane. It's uh, you know I I did some swaps and some things on Sushi Swap, and uh, you know I literally press swap, and then there's an, uh, an Ethereum transaction that comes up. I click accept, and it instantly swaps it. Uh, anyone that's used Ethereum to try and you know buy NFTs or do swaps right now knows that when you press transact, you could sit there and wait for five minutes the thing could fail you lose you lose all the the fees you spent if it fails um you're paying huge fees for a you know what's supposed to be a really fast transaction on arbitrum you pay you know a reasonable amount five to ten dollars something like that um and you get a literal instant transaction it, it feels like what you would expect from a revolutionary software 
Uh, and so, you know, that is a that is something that uses Ethereum, unlike something like Polygon, which has its own cryptocurrency, Matic. Um, Arbitrum is just this layer two built on Ethereum that uses Ethereum. So uh, that's a lot, but I think all of those things are coming together uh, to really push the price of Ethereum up. Yeah, so I think that's all true, but not the reason why Ethereum's going up. I think it's a lot more simple. I think that, uh, and this is you know a boomer take, but I think that, that the people driving the prices higher these days are retail slash institutional. And Jeff Dorman pointed this out really well on the podcast recently. He was like, well, in a crypto world, institutions means anyone who's not sort of in DeFi. So institutions get lumped in, uh, investment banks get lumped in with hedge funds, get lumped in with everyone else. I think that, uh, I still think that the, at the end of the day, the price of a token is determined by an ex-urban dad at the line in Chipotle who is trading on his Coinbase account, his app or whatever he's put 10K into, let's call it. And I still believe that people are still on the quest, no matter how much you know content is put out there, no matter how many crypto explainers exist. No matter how much we publish a newsletter about it, no matter how much Jeff Dorman creates a, a real hedge fund around it, I think that people are still looking at something, 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 Bitcoin that's something, something, the next Bitcoin, something cheaper than Bitcoin. And so I think, you know, crypto folks, just that guy in the Chipotle line who's trading on his Coinbase app account, um, just looks at this and goes, well, there's Bitcoin. The two in the lead are Bitcoin and Ethereum and Ethereum looks cheaper. And so when we had established and we've got one of these weird sort of cases, uh, there's an economic word for it. Maybe you know it, but we've got these weird cases where Bitcoin and Ethereum become more attractive to buyers, the higher their price goes, which is contrary to normal economics, meaning you know, usually the lower the price is, the more the adoption and the more people want to buy. However, in this case, you know, every time crypto rallies, people buy high and sell higher, which I'm familiar with <clears throat> being a commodities guy, but is not typical, say, in the stock universe, with the exception of like, you know, the FANG stocks. I mean, one thing about stocks that people really haven't been paying attention to, I think, is, is most stocks are not going up. It's really just these, you know, pandemic darlings, the Fang Plus group, and um, those, va- the value of all those stocks have eclipsed the uh, topics in the sum of the topics index for Japan, which is a broader measure than the Nikkei. What do you think about my theory? Um, no, I mean, I think you're totally right, especially chipotle guy buying uh, here, here's here's why okay just this morning reese witherspoon tweeted just bought my first f exclamation mark let's do this crypto twitter so this has fifty five thousand likes nine thousand retweets i just like the language there right if you've never you've known nothing about uh crypto and you know who reese witherspoon is and you and, and you see a tweet that says just bought my first f that meant, to me, that makes me think that she just bought one Ethereum, right? And and that if I want to 
invest in Ethereum, that I need to go buy one Ethereum as well if I want to participate. And so, uh, yeah, I think that like goes into what you're talking about, which is the everyone that doesn't know anything about this comes in, looks at it. 50,000 seems like a lot. 4,000 seems like a lot. You know, they finally get to Doge. It's a picture of a dog that makes sense to them. 30 cents, whatever I'm in, you know. <laughs> For those those crypto dads who can't do uh, Doge, meaning they they also are reluctant to buy a picture of a dog for whatever the price. Um, I think that right. I, again, they, they, you know, so like what you said, they have $10,000. So they look at, they get Reese Witherspoon's tweet, you know, sent to them from their wife. And then they're just like, okay, let me go calculate how many units of Ethereum I can buy. If I take the current price of my $10,000 and they're just like, Oh, okay. I can afford two. Let me go buy two. You know, let me ask you a question. Maybe, you know, you follow on chain. I've kind of just, I don't know. I'll look at whatever will come into Paris, but I largely view on-chain analysis from your perspective, whatever you report. Um, and I know that there's some visibility into Ethereum wallets. I guess one of the questions that I would love to have answered is our theory about the Yellow Bucks universe and the way retail drives behavior. And remember, retail can set off an avalanche. It can be the one snowball that sets off an avalanche where a lot of other you know, mathematical traders, statistical arbitrage, algorithms, whatever, they get in there and they start feeding on each other. And there's a lot of leverage, leveraged instruments trading Ethereum and Bitcoin. So that causes these explosive moves. But is there a way to look into, um, I mean, I guess one way is say, we know that the average Robinhood, uh, the median Robinhood account holder is $5,000. And so, but I think the average is below that. And 30 of the cryptos that they offer, 30% is Doge traffic. So the other 70% is other. And so I guess one of my questions becomes, here again, the relative value is sort of the cheapness of it. If you assume that the person who's one layer up from, uh, let's call it uh, Robinhood, the person who's in Coinbase and again, I'm still waiting on interactive brokers. We literally have two days before the end of summer. I mean, it would have to be up by Tuesday. And I felt, you know, interactive brokers have been very reliable in their communication to the public, especially to the people who use the platform that we'd be getting crypto by the end of the summer. Now the summer has ended. We don't really have it, which leaves me the ability to buy Ethereum futures. We'll get to that in a second. So I think that it's, it's reasonable to expect. Let's take Villy. Villy is... Uh, a guy who is pretty successful out of college, making about, I don't know, 130 or something. And he is allocated to crypto, I believe, $20,000. He's gone full DeFi through your articles, um, but he had allocated the 20K to crypto prior to doing the MetaMask and getting into DeFi. If we take him as sort of the base case of the people who are making $130,000, $130, and above, or just maybe a little bit below, then uh, I think you can start to make the case for where, yeah, retail looks at that and they've got either between ten dollars and $20,000. Maybe there's information via uh, Coinbase's S1 
where they've got between ten and twenty thousand dollars, and they look at it, and they say, "I can own an Ethereum. I can buy part of a Bitcoin. So I can, you know, it's rallying. It's up. I've seen this, you know, never stop going up behavior in S and P index funds. I've seen this never stop going up in Facebook, Amazon, Google. You know, the Fang guys." And so I see that Ethereum's gone up, all this, but I can own an Ethereum at $4,000. The question is, what after that process is done, and there's some, you know, if you look at a chart of the thing, there's some reassurance there. You're no longer looking at something that's down 50% and thinking, you know, oh, well, crypto's real, crypto's not real. Um, I'm not going to buy it at 2K, thinking it's going to 4K. I'm now going to buy it at 4K, but then what's your... What's your thesis there? Are you trying, are you shooting for 8K, 20K? Where are you a seller? All these people are getting in now. Where are they a seller? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's going to be a big pit stop around 6K, something like that. That makes total, I mean, that makes total sense. I mean, personally, I have a, I have a price target of 8K, but I got to be honest with you. I have 50 Ethereum. I've been rolling it over since it's at 21, um, no, 20, yeah, 21.75. And um, it's super leveraged and it's a long-term hold. And I think I'm going to kill it today because we're, Back above four thousand, it's a big, nice round number. I think maybe you could get to eight k for sure. And I've said previously my price target was eight k, but you know now that four k is here, that was well below four k. My price target was eight k when it's at three k, but now that we're here at four k, and I'm staring at a pretty large number, right? Um. I think I'm going to probably sell it later today. Do you think I'm being stupid? Uh, if it's on leverage, absolutely not. I mean, I think that's kind of uh, like a recommendation I made today in the newsletter that was like, you know, if you've been, if you came into Bitcoin when Footgun started, basically, um, that, yeah, now's the time to start taking some profits. And there's no, like, I don't know, it's, it, it, it really, it's like what your, what your outlook for the future is, right? I mean, if your goal is to like, if your goal is to like buy some Bitcoin and you're going to take it off of an exchange, put it on a hard wallet and put it in a safe and forget about it, you know, for 35 years or something like, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast. Uh, if, if you're, if you're a little bit more active or you want to be more active in crypto or you're, you know, trying to follow along or whatever, um, then yeah, this is one of those moments where you've made a whole bunch of money. It's time to start like at least taking off some risk. Um, you know, reduce the leverage and have some sort of position that you're comfortable that of it going up and then just coming back to this level without you you'd be, able, be able to capitalize on it. Because because things could just get really, really choppy from here. No question. So the, the size of the contract was $101,000 when I bought it. And so that's doubled. And so... Yeah, yeah exactly. That's in, and that's in the period of... It's a period of less than 60 days. So I kind of want to be a big, you know, I could always just keep it and and let and see if I get stopped back out and, you know, put a trailing stop at 3,000. Yeah, whatever. yeah. That, this is what, like, so that's what I, I had a really successful trade around GME when everybody was going nuts, wild about it or whatever. Um, 
And I just like, you know, after one of the big down days, I bought in, I put a 5% trailing stop on it and just, you know, didn't even look at it and came back and doubled my money. Right. Like, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's when you start getting really greedy around these points and you're like, oh, well, if it goes up 5% more, you know, it's just like, dude, well, you're up, you're double that 5% is not, not really going to be a big deal in the risk. It's the risk, right? It's the fact that you're now you're taking this big risk and your reward is, is a lot less than, uh, you, you know, you originally when you got into the position. Yeah. Just looking at this through a non crypto lens, I would say when anything retraces its previous high, which we're close to on Ethereum, we're not there yet though. I mean, I think could just stop here and go down to $10 or something, but, but whenever you're typically, it seems like to me, it's, it's like the, the problematic, nature of the Bitcoin rally in the spring, which was it stopped at 64K. Like who the fuck had 64K on their bingo card as being the the uh, relative high for Bitcoin? Nobody, nobody. I mean, you could maybe you've seen, you know, it started to back off of 64K. But if you, if, you, if you claim to be someone who bought in at the beginning of this bull cycle and sold at 64K, what, what, what were you basing that number on? And so to me, it's going to be like all these things are kind of colliding together, which is you have we've had this enormous dump of money into um, the system via government stimulus. We've had uh, a kind of, um, you know, we've had a rally in the S&P that is unprecedented in the history of mankind. It's the longest bull market in the history of mankind, and yet it still goes up. If you take the first half of this year, the inflows into uh, stocks and you annualize it, it will it will eclipse the last 20 years combined. So I guess my thing is, is that it's, it's very possible for me to see the end of the S&P U.S. stocks bull market coincide with a blowout on ethereum that takes us to here again a weird level and it takes bitcoin to a weird level and yeah i mean so you know one of the one of the ways to play this which is how i'm playing it because uh, you know i've learned a little bit over the last uh over the last uh you know this this explosion in april and may um you know what outperformed everything was these uh sushi swap liquidity pools so what you can do is you can take, you know, say say you like want to be long Ethereum and Bitcoin or whatever. So you can take a position that's equal in size in U.S. dollars in uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum, and you can put that in a sushi swap pool for other people to trade, and then you earn all the fees on them trading. Um, and so yeah, you just have this like you know this chaos of everyone trying to like figure out what this thing's worth, and then you know three months from now the price is the exact same as it was, and you made a whole bunch of money on. Um, the, the fees and, and, you know, theoretically you missed out on being able to like sell the top or whatever, but like, no, you know, nobody sells the top. Uh, <laughs> I mean, one person does. Right. Um, but I don't even yeah. think it was one person on 64 K on Bitcoin. I'm sorry. There was no one out there who was like, I've got a belief system or I've got a rationale why 64 K that Bitcoin will sell off 50% at 64K. I don't believe that. I mean, yeah. I mean, somebody accidentally right, accidentally right. did it or so, whatever. But. So then the scenario is that if we go from here, like say we go from here, even like even if we go like crazy, like we go up to 10K or something on Ethereum, right? 
I mean, there's going to be some kind of pullback. There's going to be a, either a 50% pullback down to 5K or, or, you know, a bigger correction or something like that. So if you're, if you enter, a, like, say you enter, like, the the Ethereum um, USDC LP on SushiSwap right now, and, and it goes through this whole, you know, craziness, the amount of fees that you're going to earn are, are going to be proportional to the volatility, right? So the more people are trading back and forth, arguing about the price, the more money you're going to make. And can I can you, interrupt you, know, you there just real quick? Uh, last point yeah. I want to discuss, and, and we'll hop off. So the when you're talking about volatility, are you talking about implied or actual volatility? Yeah, I'm talking about realized. Okay. So a st- for Ethereum, if it just went straight up from here to say 16K, it is not displaying a lot of actual volatility. It may be exp- uh, displaying a huge implied volatility, but if it was a straight line from here to 16K, would you would you realize a lot of gains with, with actual volatility? Right. Yeah. That's why I don't think like, I, you know, I don't think it's going to be like, oh, the next daily candle is going to be the 16K. Right. I think if we go to 16K, we're going to have, um, you know, we're going to have like a weekly candle up to 8K and then a weekly candle back down to six and then a weekly candle back up to nine. You know what I mean? Like the even though it could it could happen over like a very short period of time, um, the the swings up and down are going to be huge. And so the, the money that's going to be going in and out of these liquidity pools um, is, is, you know, so, so like, I, you know, I'm, I'm sort of saying like the real, the re- my version of like realized volatility here is, is literally just like the fees going up. So like the number of trades and the number of dollars. Oh, so volume that's more. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, volume, uh, the, my, my point though, is that like, if you go look at the charts in these swap pools, the volume and the volatility are, are highly core. Like the realized volatility and the volume are like one to one in these swap pools. I got you. Uh, Do you think there's a potential uh, negative reaction to DeFi when people are like, let's say, you know, Ethereum does reach 8K or it even is done what it's done? Um, where people say, you know, why do I need to go and do all this MetaMask stuff and run run around and do what you guys are talking about and get my badgers so that I can, you know, have interoperability of Bitcoin across the DeFi world. Um, and people are just like, you know what? The bull market was in Bitcoin and Ethereum. That's all you really needed to know. And I've just made a buttload of money. So screw your badger. Is there, is there a possibility for that? Um, yeah, I think the, the thing is that you could take, you know, you could take your Bitcoin into like a, a, a protocol like Badger and earn, earn so such high yield that if your goal is to hold on and like not try and trade this, like, you know, say your, say, say your aims is to like, I'm going to put some money in now and five years from now, whatever it's worth, I'm going to, I'm going to take, you know, some of it out, leave some of it in, whatever if you were to put your Bitcoin into the, like these yield farming protocols or whatever, five years from now, you'll most likely outperform like 99% of traders out there. Right. Um, my answer is, is my answer is no, that there is no risk of that because DeFi DGENs are here to stay. And I don't think that there's going to be a point where they look and say, well, you know, everything I've been doing is useless. And all I need to do is be a trader of Bitcoin and Ethereum. I think I think I think DeFi DGen is here to stay. And I 
I think the number of people, as we've seen throughout our journey in foot guns, is increasing. Um, you know, talking to Crypto Buddy, I mean, that guy wasn't, you know, weird. You know, he was not exactly coming off of a shift at uh, a Java coding thing. Um, he was a, a normal trad fry type of dude. And, you know, I think that's more and more of who's going DeFi DJ and look at Billy. I mean, he did the, the MetaMask thing. Um, so I think DeFi DJ, despite whatever the main guys do, um, and one way to look at, here we are with the analogies, one way to look at it is DeFi DGen is sort of the value stock world, the Russell 2000 world, compared to the NASDAQ world of, of you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum. But no, I think, I, think, I think no matter what happens with Bitcoin and Ethereum, I think it's actually um, a, net, a net bull for DeFi DGen. I don't think that Ethereum were to say stop right here and go back down to 2K, I don't think the number of people entering DGen, DeFi is going to slow or the rate of people of DGen is going to slow. Anyway, that's just one man's perspective. We've got Hal's perspective. Today was an interesting day. I mean, I, you know, felt it, it was a, it was a, it was a long summer. Let's just put it that way. Right. I mean, it felt like, wow. You know, we kind of went into summer with almost summer with a uh, price of Ethereum of 4k and it kind of felt like that it might never come back. And it did. And um, it did as of today. And it was a pretty quick comeback, <laughs> I got to say. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I literally had people like angry with me uh, for saying that 31K was the bottom of Bitcoin. Like, you know, a lot long term friends. I was just like, a lot. I shorted the low, remember? <laughs> Do you remember? I, sh- yeah. I shorted low. I shorted at 29K. And yeah. so, uh, I, uh, yeah, no, I'm the flip signal on Bitcoin. And if I'm a flip signal on Bitcoin, I don't have a Bitcoin position just because um, the it's not, there's no way for me via the CME offerings to get long um, Bitcoin without having to constantly lose money rolling over the contracts. And so I established my uh, Ethereum position a while back. And so I've only had to do one rollover and I had lost about $10,000 rolling it over. Um, and so, which is actually probably more than the Coinbase fees would have been. I've always been bitching about Coinbase fees, but whatever. Um, I, so uh, anyway, I think the, the, the net takeaway here is that um, people are buying Ethereum because it's a little bit cheaper. There's definitely good explanations that you provide. Anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in to the Foot Guns Premium Podcast. We hope you have the most wonderful and safe. Please do be safe. Don't drink and drive. Labor Day weekend. And we'll see you back next week. And we'll do this all over again. <laughs>